Welcome back to another episode of Better Than I Found It, the podcast all things college golf. You're listening to Mike McGraw, the men's golf coach at Baylor University. Today on Better Than I Found It, I'd like to introduce you to our new assistant coach, Jeremy Alcorn. Originally from Brownwood, Texas, only a couple hours drive from Waco, Jeremy was also an All-American here at Baylor. Today we do a fair amount of reminiscing about his time at Baylor and, and how that impacted his life, but equally important to Jeremy is the future impact he hopes to have on the program and the players we have here. Please enjoy this interview with the ultimate Baylor Bear. Okay, better than I found it, listeners, let's give a big Baylor welcome to a really great Baylor Bear from back in the day, uh, my new assistant coach, Jeremy Alcorn. Jeremy, it is so nice to finally be able to, you know, introduce you as as our coach here at Baylor. Uh, thanks for joining me today. Yeah, coach. Thank you. Oh, man, sick them. This is exciting. <laughs> uh, I'm sure. I'm sure you'll uh, come to come to find my passion and love for for Baylor University. So, uh, look forward to spending some time with you here. Absolutely. Well, you know. Uh, Today is early July. You're gonna you're gonna be going to uh, to a, a recruit starting next week or so. You're gonna be recruiting. You won't be here in Waco for just a bit, but you will be recruiting for the Bears. So, real excited to see you. Uh, and by the way, the way you get this recruiting deal done is you you go to the tournament, find the best player, stick him in a suitcase, and bring him right back here to Waco. It's the easiest way to get him back here. You got it. I love it. I can do that. <laughs> okay. Well, no, but it, Jeremy, it's so nice to finally get to this uh, this opportunity to have you on the podcast as a member of our golf staff. Um, really excited about that. It, it's funny because I said you're a great Baylor Bear. I mean, obviously, you're an All-American here. You grew up in Brownwood, Texas. You're not very far away. Your roots are not very far away from here. And uh, But it was so incredible when the job opened up and Mikel said he was going back to Norway with his family. Obviously, there were a lot of people that were kind of hurt and, you know, they really are going to miss Mikel and we will always miss him. He's been a great, a great Baylor Bear as well. But um, I, I started getting text messages from guys who went to school here in oh, 2004, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10. And all of the text messages said the same thing. We love that Jeremy Alcorn. We know he wants the job and we love him. And <laughs> I was thinking to myself, you know, I've got some other guys to interview, but I probably should interview Jeremy. He's a pretty solid guy, but you know, it it was pretty um, pretty apparent you would be a, a person we would definitely look at. Yeah, no, um, I, I know we got a group chat of a bunch of uh, old teammates, and so you know they they started reaching out um, kind of when they saw this popping up, and um, you know wanting to know kind of what what the possibilities were and. Um, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know where they where they got their, um, you know, all of their text or ideas and whatnot. I think think certain couple of them kind of ran with that. But uh, I was uh, I was kind of blown away by by how how much those guys um, how well they talked about me, but also um, just the excitement um, that they shared and the possibility of coming back, and then also now sharing that um, that together. So. As excited as I am, um, there's a whole lot of past teammates and guys that are uh, equally as exciting, and uh, that's just super cool to to kind of be be a part of that. 
Um, and that just goes back to our time together, our time at Baylor, um, and that friendship that, that we kind of kind of started then and, and continue to today. I, I'm excited to see those guys a whole lot more now than I have the last last six years. So, Well, you know, when, when I was talking to Mikel originally when he got hired three years ago, it was like pretty obvious that, you know, it's pretty easy to hire an alum because for a lot of reasons, but one is this, the passion you can speak to when you're talking to a recruit or to a donor or even to a current player. It's like, you, you've got some history here. You've got a way of, of talking to people about this. Is, this is what Baylor did for me. Mm-hmm. So let's go back to, first of all, let's go back to your time at Baylor. Uh, let's talk about some of your teammates. Mm-hmm. I think that's pretty special. You had a lot of really special guys. I think Greg Priest was doing an amazing job at the time of recruiting Texas kids. Mm-hmm. I remember that. Looking, I was at Oklahoma State at the time and looked at the at the roster, and it was pretty much a Texas team. Not all, but most. Mm-hmm. And you were one of those players. You grew up in Brownwood, Texas. I mean, my uncle, Ronnie, was the head pro there from 1964 to 1978. I know you weren't born <laughs> at that point, but mm-hmm. it's like that's a pretty special place, Brownwood, Texas. Yeah. No, two hours west of here. Um, you know, grew up playing Brownwood Country Club forever. And, um, yeah, I made a few trips to uh, – visited – College Station and Norman, Oklahoma, and and uh, Waco, Texas. Here and you know I, I made I made that decision pretty quickly um, once once I got to campus and spent a short period of time. So um, you know got here. We had eight eight of us come in freshman year together. There was some, whoa, 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 wait eight. <laughs> we had we had eight. There was some turnover. Okay, um, well I've had four in a class, <laughs> and I thought that was a lot. Eight is a lot. Greg Priest, I got more respect for you now than ever to bring in eight. So let's talk about that freshman yeah. class or that group that you brought in mm-hmm. at the same time. Yeah. So Coach Priest, um, he came in summer of '03, um, and there was there was um, several guys that left. And so he kind of had to piece 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 the class together, a team together. Um, obviously, a few of us were already already coming, but um, yeah, eight guys. I think half of us uh, stuck around for for the four or five years together. Uh, myself, Matt Briggs, uh, Wes Williams, Bubba Fry. Uh, we had a couple other guys that came and ended up ended up transferring transferring out. Um, but those those four, we were here for the long haul, um, and some of my best friends um, to this day. So um, yeah, a lot of those guys were 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 the guys that were texting you last few weeks and whatnot. So well, they've been texting me since you got hired as well. They're really excited about it. You know, you mentioned Wes Williams, great guy that lives in Nashville now and is with mm-hmm. College Golf Fellowship. But Wes actually came back and was Greg Priest's assistant for a few years. So, mm-hmm. you know, it, it's funny when you get that Baylor in you, it's, it's hard to get it out of you, isn't it? It is, for sure. <laughs> That's really good. Well, okay, so you had a, a really good core group, and you had some other kids come in right after you that were a little bit younger than you. Who were some of those? Yeah, so um, I guess I guess first off, some of the older guys was Will Dowdy, Ryan Bacha, Will McDonald, um, John Antunes. And um, those were the kind of the older guys that stuck around. After me, we had Bill Alcorn uh, from Abilene. We had Colton Williams from Jacksboro. And um, and then I could just keep going on and on and on. But, you know, the those guys that I came in with and then that next class below, um, 
you know, we, we spent a lot of time together. Well, you did. And, and you had uh, a, a good, healthy group of Texans, mm-hmm. which, which is kind of what I was trying to do there for several years here at Baylor. We, I think there were six years in a row in postseason, all five kids in the lineup were from Texas. I think you can do that mm-hmm. in the state of Texas. You can recruit here. People ask me, why do you recruit around Texas as much as you do? And it's because there's great players here. They're just, they're here. And that Interstate 35, it runs right through my campus. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So they've got to come through our campus to to go play in tournaments. So how did you end up getting here? How did he talk you into it other than you took three visits and you decided this was the best? Yeah. No, um, I think the main thing was, you know, I grew up in a town of 17,000, 18,000 people. And, um, you, you know, Baylor at the time had 12, 13,000. So it seemed, it seemed large to me, but small compared to everywhere else. And so a small place I could focus on playing golf, uh, probably try to limit some of the distractions of college and and then also just be a couple hours down the road. Um, that's, that's what really sold me. Um, you know, and, and I got, I got to town. I never really grew up a Baylor fan, but it was it was pretty immediate um, once I got here, uh, just kind of the love and passion I was going to have. Um, and then after I decided to come here, my brother um, actually came to town also and played baseball at McLennan Junior College. So we got to hang out for our first couple of years of college together. So and then he transferred on to Hardin Simmons in Abilene. Uh, which is where he lives now. So that was awesome. Uh, so it was really, it was an awesome fit for me. Um, I hung out, came back as much as I could uh, until I got into the coaching world. Um, and then haven't been able to get back as much, but but here we are. So. Yeah, you're here now. So tell me, what does it mean? And I don't like asking what does it feel like because I don't think feelings are hard to express. They're not easy. But what does it mean to you to have the opportunity to come back to Baylor? I mean, what does that mean? Yeah, um, I mean... You know, my, my wife, will she'll crack up, but, you know, she's, she's asked me at times, like, you know, what, where do you want to live and what job do you want to, you know, work forever? And, and that answer's always been, you know, I'd like to get back to Waco and, and coach golf at, at Baylor University. So the chance to do that, um, you know, I, it's crazy how it works out. Uh, the last six years, there's been a lot to it. Um, you know the the plan that God has had through all this, kind of kind of comes to fruition now. And um, you know, at times it didn't make sense, and it's just crazy how it's played itself out. Because uh, this it really is an op- opportunity that um, that I've always wanted, um, but I never took for granted. Um, so very appreciative to be to be back here. So well, we're glad to have you back. But if we go even further back in time, um, then when you got this job and that was when you were playing professional golf. So you, you were an all American at Baylor and you guys had some successful teams and then you turned professional after you got out of college. Mm-hmm. How long did you play pro golf? Um, four and a half years. So got done with school in 2008 and, uh, played some mini tours, lived in Dallas area and, uh, kind of played every mini tour you could think of, um, there for a while. Um, and yeah, it was, it was, it was good. I learned, I learned a lot. I loved it. And, you know, there's, there's just a lot to it. You, you get so close to making it and, 
you know, when you see the guys on the PGA Tour, it's a lot different than you see the guys on the mini tours. And <laughs> I never, I never got over that hump. And you know, kind of as that process went on, I, I kind of, I don't want to say I lost the interest of professional golf, but I, I lost the grind started taking its toll on on um, kind of what I wanted to do in life. So. Well, you know, I can kind of, you know, relate to that. Played miniature golf for three years and. And I always had a, lo- a great love for the game, but it, it chips away at you when you're playing, living in a Motel 6 and you're playing in a mini-tour event and you three-putt the last hole to finish just out of the money. And now you got to drive to another Motel 6 about eight hours away and play another golf course that's not that glamorous and there isn't any TV. And there's just, it's not a ton glamorous about it. And I just figured I kept on coming home to Edmond, Oklahoma with no money in my pockets. <laughs> How is this a this job? Right? <laughs> How is this a job when they don't pay you? But I, I earned that. I earned nothing. So uh, I, I, I get what you're saying, and it's it's pretty easy. For me, it was easy to turn to coaching right away. Mm-hmm. But I don't think you did right away. So ha- what was the little path from there? Yeah. Um, you know, when I was playing, I I, I enjoyed working with – um, the the guys I'm competing against, I uh, enjoyed working with them on their golf swings and and talking through just golf in general. Um, and so I kind of developed an interest of like, man, I wonder what coaching college golf would be like. I knew I wanted to do something in the golf world, I just didn't know what. And so I moved moved back to Waco, um, January of 2013. And moved in with uh, Bill Alcorn and his wife Mallory. Lived with them for seven months and was volunteer coach here at Baylor and worked at uh, Twin Rivers. And kind of through that, it gave me a window and a glimpse into kind of what college golf um, was going to look like. And uh, and so that's what I wanted to do. I uh, reached out to some coaches, and that summer nothing really worked out. Um, but in the same time frame, as I was going through that, a buddy of mine, uh, Bryce Garnett, reached out, and I had caddied for him once before um, when I was still playing, and he was like, hey, come come caddy for a few weeks. Uh, just just kind of change caddies. That'll give me some time to figure out who I'm going to go with next. And uh, so I went out for what was supposed to be a few weeks, and we had, we had a good run. Uh, came off the, at the time, the web.com, uh, went through web finals and he earned his uh, PGA Tour card. So we took one week off and flew out to California to, to start the PGA Tour year. And I ended up doing that uh, for, for a year um, till the following summer. And I started reaching back out to some coaches and uh, trying to get into college golf. And uh, Coach Sands gave me a first opportunity. So, at Texas Tech. At Texas Tech. Do you yeah. looking back at it, do you realize how fortunate you were that Greg I, Sands said, come I, on, come to work? I had no idea. Yeah, at and the time. And looking back, it's just like, how, how lucky and fortunate was that? Well, I, I just know this. If there's 100 jobs available in college golf, if there were 100, just mm-hmm. as a round number, probably 50 or 60 of those are pretty much already spoken for because somebody knows somebody or they did this or that. So now you're down to 40 jobs. Mm -hmm. And of the 40, you've got a lot of people wanting that job, probably 100 wanting the job that there's only 40 of them. Mm -hmm. It's like, I'm doing the math. It doesn't add up. Mm -hmm. And so you're caddying for Bryce Garnett and (laughs) Greg Sands calls you and says, come on. Mm -hmm. 
That's pretty amazing because Greg is a wonderful coach. We both know that, and that's a great first job. Yeah, no, it was it was uh, it was unbelievable. I was there for three years and loved it. And the funny part was, you know, Coach Sands was a very young coach when I was in high school, and he recruited me to come to Lubbock. And I was supposed to come right after my my uh, visit to Baylor. Um, and at, at that visit, I decided that this was where I wanted to go. So I never made it out to Lubbock, but ended up making it out there eventually and you, you uh, getting to work with him for three years. So Well, I've, I've just always had a lot of respect for Greg. He's been a guest on this podcast before, but Greg coached on his very first team at Texas Tech. He coached a kid named Kyle Willman. Mm-hmm. And Kyle played for me at Ebon North High School. And Kyle's senior year, I went to Oklahoma State, so I didn't coach him his senior year. And uh, I think Greg will tell you the story about what Kyle did the final round of the regionals to get them to a playoff and then get them to the national championship, Greg's first year. Oh, yeah. It's like that is amazing. Albuquerque. Albuquerque was where the regional was, and the national championship was at Ohio State. Um, so, and, and, and that was the connection I had with uh with Greg was through Kyle initially, and then Greg was my roommate at Cowboy Golf Camp my first year going to Oklahoma State. Come on. Uh, no, I'm serious. Mike Holder put me as Greg as his roommate. Greg and I have been great friends ever since and colleagues and competitors with each other. And uh, I think for you to be able to work for Greg your first t- time around is pretty amazing. Now, you've worked for four head coaches. Mm-hmm. Now, I'll be the fifth. It remains to be seen how it's going to look with me. We don't know that yet. But I want to talk about Greg Sands at Texas Tech, Jim Guerin at Coastal Carolina, mm-hmm. Jeff Thomas at Liberty, and Press McFall at North Carolina State, your most recent uh, position. Uh, those are great coaches. Mm-hmm. I want to know what the best qualities are of each of these guys. What What did you learn from those guys? Let's just talk about coaching here for a minute because those are your four experiences. This will be your fifth. Mm-hmm. You don't know what it's going to look like at Baylor yet, right. but you knew what it looked like as a player. Tell me about those guys. Great yeah. hands. No, I mean, I, you know, this is – I'm nine years into coaching, and uh, I've been able to work with, um, well, now five um, just unbelievable coaches. And I feel like even though there's been a lot of movement there, like the what I've been able to learn during this stretch is, is incredible. I mean, I, I get – I get to start collegiate coaching with a now Hall of Fame coach. Um, and then, you know, now I come here to Baylor with a couple of stops and I'm going to with another Hall of Fame coach. So, um, and then mixed in there, I get I get a guy that had just come off of winning a national championship at Oklahoma and spend two years with Jim at Coastal Carolina. And then I go up to Liberty and what Jeff Thomas has done up there Amazing. is it's unbelievable. Uh, they made nationals the year before I got there, and then we, we, we made nationals every year there. But, um, yeah, if I could, you know, talk about each one. Um, Coach Sands, a dear, dear friend, he's, he would um, he'd do anything for me. And um, it's, been, it's been fun watching the success that, that he's been able to, to have out there in Lubbock. And, um Looks like he's going to be there for a long time, which is really exciting. So, um, but he's, you know, he's he's a guy that he just when he sees talent, it's I he he could literally tell how the guy was going to be four years down the road, and you know, 
he he could spot that early on. So the recruiting process for me was easy. I mean, he was like, here, go go watch that guy. Let's figure out how to get him to Lubbock. He's going to be really good. Um, and so that part really stood out. And then, you know, just his ability with, with the guys. He he's, he's, a, he's a guy that he brings energy into the room. Um, and so the guys love him. They want to be around him. They want to play for him. Um, he's able to kind of read – uh, read the room really well and the environment of the team. And so I just think that helps him from a day-to-day um, basis. Um, he's, he's, it's not that he's going to overly do everything unbelievable. He just does everything really well. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's done a really good job, you know, of, of complimenting um, with, an, with assistance of, of some of his areas that aren't, aren't his best. And I feel like we, we compliment each other great. Um, you know, we, we had a really good few-year run there. Um, so I don't know. I was just trying to figure out college golf, mm-hmm. and I was just trying to soak up as much as I could from him during that time Well, I can frame. tell you one difference between Greg Sands and me. As I would like to be at the airport three hours early, he'd like to be there 20 minutes early. And I don't operate that way. He did. He still does. I don't know how he does that. He's more of a man than I. I, I need to be on property, on the airport, checked in, through security. It's, I've got to be there, and then I'm okay. I'm okay. Uh, but he, he's, he's a heck of a guy and a wonderful, really wonderful guy. I learned so much. From, I still do. Um, I love, love connecting with him and, and chatting and catching up. So, um, yeah, and then I moved moved to Myrtle Beach, worked with with Jim Garen, and you know we we took over a program there that was that was struggling, um, and we I think our first qualifying round we we looked at each other at the end after we played and had the guys and chatted and kind of sent them on their way and we were like it's gonna be a long year, <laughs> um, but you know he brought he brought a lot of. A lot of intangibles that he he probably picked up, you know, some from Oklahoma. Um, but again, I, I think we complemented each other very well. Um, he was a guy that you know he was very competitive and was really able to push the guys and push the guys' buttons um, that that motivated them to get the most out of themselves. And I, I don't think every coach has that ability. Um, you know, everybody's different. Every player's different. It's hard to do that for each player. Um, but he had, he had an ability to kind of push, push some guys' buttons and, and get them to want to be better, to get them, you know, more disciplined, more accountable. And, and, you know, his work ethic was unbelievable. He's a guy that, I mean, he was in the office every morning by 6 a.m. drinking coffee and, and, um, just getting stuff done. And so he, he left Coastal, but he's, um, he just recently yeah, got back him. in on the women's side down at Miami. So. Uh, he will be really good in a, in a southern climate. <laughs> as hard as he works, I think Jim's going to be awesome. Mm-hmm, for yeah. sure. Uh, so Jeff Thomas at Liberty, uh, I, I kind of really have always liked watching Jeff's career because he's been at a private mid-major institution on the East Coast. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of shocking how well he's done recruiting. I don't know much about him as a coach because I've only seen him at a few tournaments, but I think he's pretty good. Yeah. No, Jeff, Jeff, what he's done, I mean, there's – he took over – what was that? That's probably 22 years ago yep. now. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, Liberty's changed a lot, but, you know, they've they've consistently been the best sport at Liberty for, you know, the last five, six, seven years. And so his ability to recruit um, 
you know, his ability to just make guys better. He had a real simple approach. Um, and I think that says a lot. He's, he's, a, he's a simple person, uh, but he was going to show up every day uh, early. He was going to work hard. He's going to make sure the guys get better in chipping, putting, and wedges. And we were going to do that, and we were going to do really good at the basics of golf. Um, and then his ability to bring in, you know, some of these international guys, um, you know, get some guys from Florida, uh, get some local guys turned into some players. Like, just I can't say enough for, for the program that it's turned into. Um, you know, he's he's a Liberty guy. He's That's like, you know, if this is my spot that I want to be, this that's definitely mm-hmm. his spot that he wants to be. And it's been cool to, to see him develop that program um, because he's just done an unbelievable job. So... I was fortunate enough to um, be there three years, um, and I, I feel like I learned a, learned a lot from him. Um, I think I think another fortunate part of that for me was I think we complemented each other very well, um, and so I was able to not only learn from him, um, but the way we interacted and led the guys. I think we did so um, really well. So. And then uh, Press McFall, who you've just recently worked for at North Carolina State, mm-hmm. good buddy of mine, has done a great job everywhere he's been right. as well. And uh, he's where he wants to be. <laughs> I mean, North Carolina State, he, he believes right. Wolfpack. Oh, yeah. He's, he's a diehard. Um, you know, I, I'll, I'll, I think he'll get a kick out of this. But, you know, the ugly sweater – um, Christmas ugly sweater contest or whatever. Ever We've all the, attended those parties. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. Um, for the athletic department, he showed up in a in a Chapel Hill sweater. So, oh no! Uh, you can't you can't beat that. But that's that's, that's his version of the ugliest sweater he could mm-hmm. wear, isn't it? And that's funny. So, but press is great. Uh, you know, for only getting to spend a year with him, I'm, I'm going to miss working with him. We turned into really good friends and. You know, just his ability to to put out put out golfers and good teams consistently. Um, you know, he's just he's done an unbelievable job. He has, and he's he's gonna continue to do that do that there. Um, but his his how he is relationally, um, I couldn't have asked for a better guy to work with for for the past year. Um, you know, moving moving into Raleigh. Uh, some transition. I mean, had no idea it was only going to be such a short period of time, but you know, he welcomed me with open arms, and and um, we built a friendship and a connection there that that will last. It'll it'll last forever. I mean, it was his his girls were over at our house all the time, and vice versa, and and we're definitely going to miss miss that aspect of it. Um, but he's just he's a dear friend. I loved his simple approach to things, and um, just his ability to to sit down with players and talk through stuff. Um, that made an impact on on how important that is in my eyes because uh, that's something I, I haven't always done that well. And um, and so just the value that would come from those meetings, um, just sitting down, having honest conversations with guys, talking through stuff, um, and then coming out better, all of us on the other side. Um, so yeah, I'm gonna miss my time with press. Um, hopefully, get to see him some in and out on the road and whatnot. But um, yeah, all, all those guys, I, you know, I had short stints everywhere. Uh, but but what they gave me, um, you know, I feel like I, I learned 
you know, kind of a lifetime of coaching stuff. I've been able to really kind of do that in a short period of time with, with as much as I've moved around. Um, and I can't thank those guys enough. Well, you know, I think any assistant coach that's worked for really quality coaches, I, you know, I worked for Mike Holder and Jay Sewell, uh, Mike for 16 years, Jay for one. But, um, you know, I owe them both a lot. Mm-hmm. And I don't think any of us got where we are just because we are. It's like we're just a product of so many influences that we've been, you know, through. And if you think about that, that's what your player is going to be. Your player is a product of all the people that have influenced his life going on. You're, you've got a pretty important job because for four years, you're influencing this kid's life. It's really, really important. And I tell young coaches all the time, you know, you better act like your job is important because it really is. Mm-hmm. And if you don't act like it's important, that's, you're not getting, you're not giving the kid what he needs right. and what he deserves. So, uh, you know, I, I just look at it. You're still, to me, a very young coach. Uh, we're, you know, we're going to be hiring later in the summer a, a coach, uh, another additional coach. So, um, you know, I hope that person's probably like you, young with a lot of energy that wants to get after him. Like, what, what do you? Why do you have enthusiasm about coaching? Because I know I've got it at sixty three. <laughs> why do you have it at your age? Yeah, I mean, honestly, it's there. There's a such a, it's such an important window of of life for eighteen to twenty two, twenty three year olds. And you know, a coaching's a chance to still be around the game. Um, you know, getting to coach in college is a chance to be around um, younger guys. You know, they're figuring stuff out in life. They're figuring stuff out in their golf games, you know, girlfriends, you know, there's family stuff. And like that part is what is what excites me. The whole the whole aspect of not just the golf piece, but, you know, they're 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 going in a direction that's either going to set them up for a certain life or it's going to send them in another direction of life. And so the chance to influence that on a daily basis is, I mean, I I don't take it lightly. I hope, I hope I never will. I think it's, it's important. I had a lot of people pouring into me during that time frame, and I realized the importance of it. I I think I was a little bit slower learner than, than some, (laughs) um, but but I never forgot the impact that that those guys, older guys, teammates. Like I just remember that's a time frame where, you know, there's a lot of searching. There's a lot of you're trying to figure out this whole life thing, and the chance to do this um, in a sport that we love and want to be around. Like there's nothing better than that. And so I ho- I hope I don't ever lose that passion because. Um, man, the, the, it's just a time frame where, where it's fun to be around um, that age group. So, Well, I know this. I'm getting older every year. The age group never gets older. Mm-hmm. They're always 18 to 22. That's just the age they are. But I also know that uh, they help keep you young if you think about it. So you're still a young guy. And how old are you, 38? 38. 38. So I was 37 when I went to work for Mike Holder. I'd been a high school coach for about 10 years before that. But I remember thinking, this is the greatest job in the world. And you know what Mike was having to pay me because of they had restricted earnings at the time. I got $16,000 a year. So Pam, in 1997, she thought I was taking this big job at Oklahoma State. And I had to go to work for a pay cut, a big pay cut from a teacher's pay. And... 
But I would have done it. I didn't tell Mike Holder this at the time, but I would have done it for free that first couple of years just to get the experience. Mm -hmm. And as I said earlier, he taught me a whole lot of things. Some things I probably wouldn't do as a coach, Mm -hmm. especially in the modern day, just the way things are and the way things have changed. But he taught me so many things that I carry with me today that I'll never, ever lose as a coach. I hope that you and I have that experience together a little bit where, you know, but there's another aspect that a lot of young coaches don't realize is when you go to work as an assistant coach for a head coach, especially a veteran head coach that's been around a while, is you better be ready to bring something to the table. That coach needs you to bring something to the table. He needs you to be better at him than him in some areas. I don't know where you're better than I am, but I know you are. I just don't know where it is, and we're going to find out. Be prepared for that. I need that. I do not want somebody that is doing all the learning. I want somebody who's going to do a little teaching too, mm-hmm. not just the players. You need to teach me. How are you going to teach? What are you going to teach me? Um, I'm a, I don't know how much um, Baylor passion I can teach you, but you're gonna you're gonna learn you're gonna mm-hmm. learn a little bit of that. But you know, I think I have a real simple approach to golf. Um, yeah, I feel I probably have a pretty simple approach to life too that's just kind of how I view things but um you know I think for for the guys you know they're going to learn that you know the simple things in golf is what sustain careers you know we can't control the golf score um but we can control the little things that add up to the golf scores and that is ultimately what's going to create a good golfer over a period of time. Um, and so, you know, I think, honestly, a lot of my players, they probably get aggravated and bored with um, how much I bring up the basics and the simple things. But I'm a firm believer if we do if we do those things really well day in and day out um, and then add, add to the areas that need to develop a little bit more over time, that's going to lead to a successful golfer. Um, and so I get, you know, I think, I think I get pretty analytical with how I look at that. Um, but I, tell I thought you said you were simple. <laughs> now you're analytical. Which are you? Simple and analytical. Okay. But I, I think, you know, my time caddying gave me a perspective on golf that, you know, I tell some people, I'm like, I may have learned as much in a year of caddying on tours I learned in 20-something years of playing golf. Um, and when you watch the best players in the world day in and day out, like, you kind of you see a consistent pattern to what's going on. And that, there's no um, – there's a reason those guys have made it. Um, and so that's – I like to steer everything into my coaching – that goes into a lot of it started from when I was caddying, like what I was seeing out there and how can we translate this into these college guys? You know, they've got a lot of distractions, a lot of stuff going on. They want to work on this. They got, they got a lot of ideas, but if we can simplify that approach and get them to focus on these certain things and do that over a period of time, you're going to have a chance to become a professional golfer. Well, you, you mentioned that, and that makes perfect sense. And it reminds me of a young man named Zach Robinson who played for us at Oklahoma State. You remember Zach. He was a little, little older than you, mm-hmm. but he was in college about oh, yeah. the time you were. Zach um, wasn't playing well in the spring of 2003. It was his redshirt freshman year, so the first year he really had a chance to you know make an impact at Oklahoma State. And um, we uh, benched him for a tournament. And I was the assistant coach. Mike Holder was the head coach. And I remember Zach was really upset. And we were flying actually privately to Stanford's tournament. And I told Mike Holder, I said, Mike, why don't we take Zach? 
And I know he can't play as an individual, but we got an extra seat on the plane. Let's just take him. And he said, well, what do you think is going to happen with there? I said, one, it'll either really upset him and motivate him, or number two, he'll learn a whole lot or both. And Mike liked the idea and we went out there. And so we had him follow Hunter Mahan for part of the tournament and Alex Noren for the rest of the tournament. So it was like two guys that would go on to really play great professional golf. And Zach said he came out of that experience absolutely crystal clear on all the reasons he was not playing well. Zach made All-American that year. He was an honorable mention, All-American, finished 18th of the national championship. It's like, I look back on that and I think to myself, that's the similar thing to caddying. Mm -hmm. It's like, it's so crystal clear to you what's going on with this player because you don't have the emotion attached to it. And he was watching, just trying to learn. And he, he did a summary. He told me all the things he learned from both players. And it was quite amazing to see the light bulb go on with Zach right there. So it doesn't surprise me that you, as a caddy, became a better coach. Absolutely. There's no reason you didn't. So that's great. So anything else you can teach me? Um, Are we going to just find that out as time goes by? We'll probably have to take let let that kind of play itself out. I, I, I don't I don't know what else what else I can add there. Uh-huh. Well, I, I will say this. Let's talk a little bit about our team coming up. We'll yeah. we'll do another podcast probably a little closer to the season as we're getting ready to go out. But you know we have an unusual situation going on here. I've got all nine players from last year's team back: Johnny Kiefer, mm-hmm. Tyler Eisenhart, and Luke Dossie are all taking a COVID fifth year. Trey Bosco and Luke Morgan are both seniors, actual seniors on the team. Drew, um, I mean, uh, Zach, Drew Wrightson and Zach Heffernan are both juniors. Uh, Sam Dossie and Jonas Appel are both sophomores. And then I have two freshmen that are coming in. So um, it's like this is basically the same team we had last year. Just add a couple of freshmen and we'll see what we got. How many of these kids do you know anything about? Tell, tell me what you know about our team because you've just been hired. <laughs> yeah. No, um, I, I probably don't know enough about them um, as I should. But, you know, there's a, there's a few guys. Johnny Kiefer, uh, Trey Bosco recruited um, years ago. And um, Luke Dossie. I beat you on those boys, didn't I? Um, you did. You did. <laughs> I was trying to get them up the road in Lubbock and, and didn't succeed. But uh, I think I think they ended up at a pretty good spot. So, um, And then the Dossie brothers. Uh, I, did get to, I get, did get to know Sam at golf camp six or seven, seven that, years ago. right. Mm-hmm. Uh, summer of 2016. So, so yeah, I've, I've kind of got minimal experience with four of them and then, and then seven guys that, that I've never met yet. So I look forward to, you know, not only meeting them, but, you know, learning, learning about them, learning from them, um, connecting with them. Uh, and then, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll kind of go, go from there. But, you know, when I got to Baylor in the summer of 2014, I just recruited the whole summer. Mm-hmm. And Ryan Black's wife, Lindsay, was pregnant, about eight months pregnant. So I didn't let Ryan go recruiting. I wanted him here with his wife. But I basically met all the guys pretty much that first team meeting. And one of the guys I met for the first time was Kyle Jones, oh, yeah. who just lost on the Corn Ferry Tour in a playoff a couple of weeks ago. Kyle's back from injury, doing great. But I knew Kyle was a great player. And the week previous to the first week of school, he made quarterfinals of the USAM. Mm-hmm. So I knew he was our best player. And... On this list of rules that Greg Priest had left me was no facial hair. And so I understood it completely. It was still a day and time when, 
you just wouldn't let kids wear facial hair a lot of times. But I kind of changed my mind about that. And it sort of changed when Ricky Fowler had this long hair down to his shoulders. Mm. And he was such a nice kid. And I thought, well, it's okay, Ricky. You can wear long hair. It doesn't make you a better person or a worse person. As I'm staring at you right now, you have a beard on, right? Oh, yeah. So on that list, I'd highlighted the rules. And it said, no facial hair. And I'm looking at Kyle Jones. And he's grown this facial hair out the whole summer. And he's just here for the first day of school. And I guess he was either testing me or I don't know. But I'm meeting him for the first time. And I think I made an absolute lifetime fan out of Kyle Jones because I said, guys, look down at that, at that rule of, down there highlighted down there. It says no facial hair. And Kyle's looking. I'm staring straight at Kyle. And I said, Kyle, you may wear their facial hair this year. And he just grinned ear to ear. <laughs> and by the way, he played pretty good that year <laughs> with facial hair. So uh, I'm not criticizing Greg Priest. Most coaches didn't allow it at the time. I'm okay with it. I think it's fine. I got a funny story on that. Go. The last time... I was clean shaven. Mm-hmm. Was regionals of my senior year in college. Really? It was. And you've grown hair ever since on your face. I just had some sort of beard or goatee ever since. Mm-hmm. But that was part of those team rules. Yeah. Well, I, and I literally am okay with that if if a coach wants that to be. But it just it just occurred to me. I'm thinking, Kyle Jones, you're probably going to be fine with a little <laughs> bit of facial hair. He grew a big beard and he he shot some really low scores that year. So, but okay. So um, you don't know much about the team, but you're gonna you're gonna find out. We'll go on. You're getting ready to go for Baylor now that you've been hired. You're gonna go do some recruiting. So we're gonna see you at a couple of tournaments out there. I won't see you. I'll be in Texas. You'll be off at some national tournaments. You kind of excited to go recruit for your alma mater? I am. I am. It's gonna be cool to you know stroll some fairways um, with the BU on. Um, so yeah, I'm very excited about that. Um, I, I look forward to, you know, just connecting with recruits and talking to them and hopefully, you know, being able to give them a firsthand experience on, on what they're getting into. Absolutely. Um, So yeah, that's going to be, you know, that's when, you know, it's going to become a lot more of a reality, um, getting out on the road, um, wearing the BU shirt and hat and looking back and being like, man, this is, this is, this is where I've been wanting to get to. And and what a what an honor it actually is. So I love that. So you'll be doing a couple of tournaments recruiting and then being in North Carolina in Raleigh mm-hmm. to pick up Ashley and Asher and bring them out. So are they yeah. excited about the move? They are. Yeah. We've um you know, we've mentioned earlier like, you know, I always wanted to get back to Waco, but we've, you know, we've we've wanted to get back to Texas um at some point. Uh, my wife Ashley, she's from um Louisiana. Baton Rouge area. She's an LSU girl, and so it's a lot closer to her family there. Uh, then we got a little two-year-old Asher, so we're excited to to raise her in the in the great state of Texas. Um, so yeah, we'll be moving here um, in a few weeks, and um, yeah, it can't get here soon enough. Does Asher have a set of golf clubs yet? She she does not have a full set, but she does have. Um, a couple of golf clubs. Has she gotten some emails from coaches yet or not? <laughs> I mean, coaches are getting pretty aggressive nowadays. Right. You know, uh, I'm sure we'll get her in touch with uh, Jay Goble uh, across the hall here pretty soon. <laughs> well, she is a little bit early on the prospect age. She's a little early. But, no, we're – we. I, I just want to say this. I'm really, really excited for our time together that we're going to have, and I think it's going to be amazing. I've enjoyed my nine years. I'm hoping to get several more here at Baylor. But uh, it's, it's going to be great continuing to coach 
with a, a Baylor Bear. I, I love my time with Mikel. I know I'm going to love my time with you. So oh, thank thanks you. for joining me today. And, and remember what I said. You go out, you stick a recruit in the pro, in the in the bag in the suitcase, bring and bring him right. him right back. That's how you do it. You got it. All right. Well, Jeremy, have a great trip. We'll see you in about a month. It should be fantastic. Look forward to it. Thanks, Mike. Sick them. Sick them bears. Yeah.